Hello everyone, this is No Nonsense Storytime. I'm Robert Hoffman. And I'm Chris Panico. And today we're gonna slow things down a little bit. And... Oh yeah. You know, we're gonna look at a story. We're gonna... Sure, we're gonna take the nonsense out of it. But also, we're gonna... Just... We're just gonna talk. Yeah. Yeah. Have have some fun. Learn a little bit about about ourselves and each other. Maybe about you. Maybe about you. Yeah. Um. Today we're doing music for Mr. Moon. I'm just kidding about all that stuff. We're gonna we're gonna knock this book out. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna kill this book. Are you kidding? Um. And this is our first Halloween book for the year. Yes. Thank you, Chris. Um. The first of two. We got we got a little bit later of a start on the season than we did last year. So. Yeah. We didn't have as much lead up, but you know what? It'll just make these two that much more potent. I'm really excited for both of them. They're both very good picks for this podcast. Yeah, I'm very stoked. Um, and this, the first one is, we'll tell you about the second one later. The first one is Music for Mr. Moon, written by Philip Seastead and illustrated by Aaron Eastead. And Chris, you uh, found this book for us. I did. In... Barnes and Noble, right? That's correct. In a bookstore. In a bookstore, yeah. I was just walking through. It's right next to the park, and it's near where I play tennis on the weekends. So sometimes I'm just in there. And I walked by it, and I saw the illustration, which is really, really beautiful. The cover's got the moon looking down on this owl on a house. and It just it just spoke to me. And I took a picture of it. And I said, this would be good for no-nonsense story time. I didn't even read it. <laughs> I just looked at it. Even said, to this, this day, we haven't read it, and we're just going to guess. <laughs> yep, exactly. No, we read it. It's very good. Um, so it, it holds up to. It, I mean, you could judge this book by the cover. Yeah, great cover, great book. Which I've talked to you before how I've had great success judging books by their covers. Yes. So it's the way to. I mean, that's the best way to buy, purchase a book, in my opinion. Yeah, you can't read the whole book. No, and you can you can open it up and read the first page if you want, but the first page. First, I mean, it's all—it's never good because you don't know anything yet. Mm-hmm. You can get like, oh, this writing style is good. But honestly, unless the writing style is awful, I don't really care too much how good it is. Mm-hmm. I'm more about what's the story. Like, you just have to be at the threshold. There's a threshold. Once you're that good of a writer, it's all, you know, then I'm happy. And it's all about what the story is okay. and what the characters are. Okay. Yeah. I think that's true. And, you know, if you're a better writer, you're going to be able to tell a story better. Like, I mean, you know, there's nuance there. But right. for me, it's yeah. not like I don't I'm not like clinging to a certain style of writing, you know? Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I do know that there are certain styles of writing that I don't like to read. Yes. So like right. like um, Philip K. Dick, for example, one of the you know biggest sci-fi authors out there. I do not like his style of writing. So if I open up a book and it, it's kind of like you could tell on the first page if it's like that. And then I'd be like, I'm not going to read this book. Goodbye. But uh, yep. unless you have like certain like turn offs like yeah. that. Um, but I think it's a lovely book. This is not like a Philip K. Dook book at all. Very <laughs> Philip <Dick>. K. Dook. <laughs> Dook. <laughs> said like Dick and Duck at the same time. I thought it was Duke. Dick and Book at the same time. Uh, maybe it was that. Yeah. Philip, Philip K. Duck. Philip K. Duck. 
Oh man, we're just gonna laugh at Duck instead of getting on with the episode. Uh but we'll, no, um, we'll do it. We'll do it. Do you know it. anything about our author and illustrator for this book, Bobby? I know that not really. No. Okay. They are married. <laughs> they're, they're married. They're married. I didn't oh I knew that. Okay. I knew that. That that one was Bobby's. <laughs> <laughs> um they've worked together before. I think at a certain point they just started to exclusively work together. Um, they have some very, very high profile books that I don't remember what the names are. Do you are know right if now. they started working together before or after their marriage? I think after. Hmm. It's I less think exciting. After, actually. If it's before, it's like, ooh, I want to read the book about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It was a few weeks ago that I actually, like, researched them. Um, but they live in, like, a. In a nice rustic house in, I think, somewhere in the Midwest, I think, of the United um, States. Which is... <laughs> and uh, it's it's like an out-of-the-way There's so, Somewhere that isn't here. Yeah, somewhere that's definitely not Philadelphia yep. or Philadelphia-like. Yeah. Um, and they make these cool books, and they're gorgeous. And I think the stories are pretty good, too. Yes. This one, at least. Yeah. Maybe they got lucky with this one. Could be. say. Could be. I like it though. Um, and yeah, are we? Should we? Should we move on? Should we? Yeah. You want to? You want to tell us what the book's all about? I would love to. And then you'll put the music behind it when we when you publish it. Yeah, that that's what I'm gonna do. All right. Cool. It it won't be the music for Mr. Moon, but well, in a way, it is. Sort of is, I guess. Oh, this should be. Oh, never mind. Okay. I was going to say, ooh, we should do the music for this episode is all on the cello. If I could play the cello, yeah, well, that's Bobby. that's the thing. Is yeah. Neither of us can play, nor do we have a cello. Yeah. Yeah. So we got some... Too many hoops. Too many hoops. Too many hoops. All right. Here we go. The recap by me. <laughs> Unique um, New York. <laughs> the main character of music for Mr. Moon is Harriet. She's a kid who plays the cello. And she loves playing the cello. She comes out for dinner and her parents are like, Someday you're going to play the cello in a big orchestra for lots of people. And she says, No, I don't want to do that. She doesn't really like playing for people. She just likes playing for herself. Which, as a musician, is something that I really appreciate it. Like, I always play for other... Like, I started playing for other people. Not for me. But I admire people who play for themselves. For sure. Primarily. Keep going with the recap. Yeah, Chris. I'm Keep sorry. Recap. Sorry. <laughs> Tangent. I'm going to turn the music back on. <laughs> um, so she goes upstairs, gets so settled into her room, and she goes to play the cello, and then an owl hoos at her, and she you know, yells at it, and she goes to play again, and hoos at her again, so she throws a teacup at it, and it you know, flies away, and then her room fills up with smoke. The moon fell onto her house because she threw a teacup at it. She's, you know, talks to the moon, takes the moon around town, and, you know, gets to know the moon as you would do if you were hanging out with the moon and then at the end she helps the moon get back into the sky with the help of the owl who she apologizes to and then up in space she plays music for mr moon but only him just the moon yeah the end that was a great recap chris did I say recrap? <laughs> you sure did. I said a recap. <laughs> recap, Chris. All right, uh, that was a great recap, Chris. <laughs> um, would you like to tell us what the moral of the story is, Bobby? Yeah, the moral of the story is 
that. Um, um, new experiences <laughs> with people. I guess friendship is the best medicine. <laughs> I'm having trouble. I know what I think it is. It's about friendship and doing like friends and friendship and connecting with people can help you grow. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that's what I get out of this story. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's what they were trying to convey. Yeah. That's, that's what happens to um, Harriet or Hank, as she likes to be Hank, called right. in the book. Um, there's also, I think, something to be said for how this book illustrates what, like, how you respond to different people's expectations of you. Yeah. You know, like her parents expect all of this big, grandiose, you're going to play in an orchestra for thousands of people. But the moon just wants to hear it. He mm-hmm. just wants her to play for him, you know? Yeah. And she says, you know, if you close your eyes, I maybe. He's like, cool, that's fine. I just want to hear it. Um, it's not about, like, this high demand. And because of that, she's much more ready to do it yeah and she doesn't really want to do it so much she's still you know shy about it yeah but she does it for her friend yeah Mm -hmm. cool so let's let's get into it bobby okay (sighs) i'm real tired today yeah that's okay bobby i'm real tired too let's just talk about the setting the setting it's a house yep. in a little town and full of little people every day now the, like the, the listeners won't before. know this yet but it's halloween night Na-na-na. at least that's what we have decided off screen waking up to say okay be tired or sing songs pick one well sure <laughs> <laughs> what that's that you know that's Belle from Beauty and the Beast. The song that, Belle. It's the opening number. Oh, okay. Well, sort of. There's like well, it's the opening number because there's okay. like a prologue. It's the opening number. Okay. Sorry, I didn't. Oh my gosh, I can't even talk to you. Anyway, so the setting. It's a mm-hmm. little town. Yeah. We said it's Halloween night. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, yeah. It's how it's Halloween night. It's a little town. Um, I don't know. It's this, in her house. The night sky is part of it. There's water mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. They take a boat. Yes. Like there's some little lake. Yeah. Um, um where are their lakes at? Everywhere. The Great Lakes. It's not a but great uh, lake. It's not it's definitely not a great lake. But it could be in that area. It's lots could of be. lakes. Lots of little yeah. lakes. Yeah. Canada has tons and tons and tons and tons of lakes. This book feels so Canadian to me. Alright, it's in Canada. <laughs> That's it. There we go. There it is. Canadian. Yes. Don't know exactly where, but somewhere. I know exactly where. Canada. Oh lake. yeah. Lake Canada. Canada. Canada Lake. Canada Dry. <laughs> The opposite. That's the that's the dark, that's the evil twin of Canada Lake. <laughs> that's the the midnight hour mirror world. Okay. 
If yeah, if at if at midnight you turn all the lights off. Could and, you pass me the book, please? Yeah. <laughs> and you, Thank you you whisper um Bobby just passed me the book from you, my desk. You whisper maple leaf three times and then you try right, to walk through to the, the mirror, it'll now. take you to Canada dry. <laughs> which is the dry it's the desert version of it's Canada. It's ginger ale, Bobby. It's warm and <laughs> and dry and um Deserts don't have to be warm, Bobby. Instead of moose, they have... What's the opposite of a moose? Goose? Goose. Geese. No, Canada <laughs> geese. It's already there. Oh, no. <laughs> What's the opposite of a moose? A mouse. <laughs> An assume? An assume. <laughs> the the land is, is full of assumes. This is definitely why people come to this podcast. Wandering around, <laughs> biting all of the poor... <laughs> <laughs> all right all right canada dry residents all right <laughs> um so it's like a pretty typical you know family dinner yeah no it's nonsense like, no nonsense at all um she has this little fancy where she closes her eyes and quote unquote changes she changed her parents into penguins yeah and in the picture they are penguins then yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean that's up to us to decide is this just in like a a fancy of hers or did she literally turn her parents into penguins uh it's real life because we're looking in the picture and we gotta you know yeah they are very clearly turned into penguins it doesn't say that she imagined changing them into penguins that's true she changed them that's true so how'd she do that she did it or maybe they just put their costumes on very quickly well she had i mean she changed them into the end of them so she had to help with the costumes. Oh, it doesn't say... Yeah. And it doesn't say she did it quickly either. It just yeah. says she closed her eyes and changed her parents into penguins. Yeah. She had her eyes closed. While helping them put right. their penguin costumes on. Just to on. show off that she's really good at putting on costumes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it. Yep. I definitely, when I was a kid, used to do things with my eyes closed just to kind of like prove that I was... So good at them, I could do them with my eyes closed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you do you know that Dr. Seuss book, I Can Read With My Eyes Shut? Yeah. It's a bunch of nonsense. It we sure is. We should talk about that one. <laughs> that would that'll, be a good one. That'll be a November pick. Um, so she goes into her room, and uh, again, the change thing happens, where she changes her room into a little house with a kitchen, a table, a chair, a teacup, and a fireplace. As far as I'm concerned, those things could have just been in her room. Why there's a fireplace in your child's room, I don't know. But you know what? That's not my business. Yeah. It's your business. That's true. It's your not parents. necessarily nonsense. Yeah. I'm sure there's a child's room with a fireplace somewhere in this... World. Country. In this Canada. Yeah, in the country north of here. North and through the mirror. North and through the mirror. Yeah, in dark, that's a in good, dark Canada. That's north a good title for something. Through It's the good title for the... The story, the I mean, this, <laughs> the podcast. The podcast. It's no longer no it's a, story time. North and through the mirror. It sounds we, like a magical book. We should have a podcast that's sort of like it's like a fiction podcast that's like episodic, and it's about Canada Dry. Okay. The, uh, the dark version of Canada that's we'll through call the mirror. It north world. and through the mirror. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll put that. In and the it, oven oh, for now. It would be like sort of a... Oh, no, I, I was going to say like a newscast, but isn't that what Welcome to Night Vale is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a radio show. It does talk about the news. Yeah. 
Yeah. It could be like a nature documentary kind of thing. If you have suggestions for our next podcast, feel free to email us at nononsensestorytime at gmail.com. Yeah, <laughs> this one's getting old. We're only going to probably do it for another 10 years. And then... Yeah, and then <laughs> um, so she goes to play the cello and then an owl hoots at her. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. Uh, she does it again. He goes, hoo, 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 hoo. So okay. she throws a yep, teacup at him. It's, all right. It's fine. This is all... This is all legit. Yep. <clears throat> I think it's kind of an extreme reaction. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I would never throw a teacup at an owl. Yeah. Never? Never. 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 Under no circumstance. Never. Even if it was like, I don't know, the world's going to be destroyed unless you throw a teacup at the owl? Um. Because aliens? So okay, take this picture for me. The aliens come. Yeah. They how are they get? They have like a bomb. It's like. It's like a disintegrator. It's just like a big gun, basically, aimed at the planet. Yes. All right. Sure. For aliens, lack of a better way to describe, aliens it. have big gun. It's pointed <laughs> at the planet. Yep. They come to me yeah. personally. Yep. And what? Hand me a teacup. Yep. And hold an owl up by the scruff of its neck in front of my face yeah. and say, throw a teacup at this owl. It's a science experiment that or they're we're going to destroy your planet. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I, ha- I really have to think about the moral implications. I mean, obviously the greater good is saving the planet, but like, what's to say that they're being truthful? Are they speaking English? Yeah, they have, like, the ability to translate things. So, immediately, I don't believe these are real aliens. What? Why not? Because they, I mean, I, I don't know. I I just, if aliens came into my room, I would believe that they were people dressed up at first. Unless I, you know, had some hard evidence. Okay. To the contrary. I get uh, okay. If I was convinced they were real aliens and they're really gonna destroy the Earth, I guess I guess I throw the teacup at the owl. Okay, it's not gonna kill the owl. It's gonna be okay. What if it does? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, even if it does, even if I know it's gonna kill the owl, I still gotta do it all for right. the other owls. For all the owls, those this, come into the rest of the story later. This is the trolley problem. It is the trolley problem. Yes. Yeah. That's that's why I'm having trouble with it because it's like. It's not my responsibility to stop them from doing a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's my responsibility to stop me from doing a bad thing. And do, me, my bad thing would be throwing this teacup at the owl. So really, I'm guilt-free if I don't do it. Or am I? Because well, I can reason through... You could make the argument that throwing a teacup at an owl will cause the owl pain. But total disintegration of the planet might not hurt. That's true, too. Is you it know? pain? Is death bad? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not even what I'm saying. I'm saying it would be so immediate and like my assumption of disintegration is just you immediately stop being a thing. That's so true. like it would be less pain being put in the universe. It would be less pain, but here's this. Two people I know I I say two people beats one owl. Two people I know very much don't want to be disintegrated. All I need Specifically is two. Specifically two people. I mean, more than that, but I, I'm thinking of two in my brain right now, just, right. just for the sake of the argument. 
I have two people in my brain, and I know for a fact that they do not want to be disintegrated right now. So, like, <laughs> right now, does me choosing to do something that directly interferes with definitely one of their biggest desires, um, is that a bad thing? Because, uh, but it's, I'm not choosing hmm. to. This was put on me. It was. It's not like. I'm just doing what I would have done anyway. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. You know, it's it's tough. Sleep on it, Bob. That's why they call it the trolley problem. Yeah, and not the trolley solution. Yeah, the trolley solution. That's a good name That's for a, a podcast. That's a great punk band. Or, 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 uh, or, yeah, or like a morality podcast or like a and like a thinking just, just when we're like we take these problems and we just answer them very definitively, like like we know, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously, the answer to the trolley problem is that you switch it. No-nonsense no trolley problem. Push it, idiots, yeah. <laughs> All right, back to no-nonsense story time. <laughs> Our regularly scheduled program. Yeah. Um. So our house starts filling up with smoke. Yes. Now, the book tells us that it starts filling up with smoke because <clears throat> the moon fell down onto the chimney and has blocked the chimney. So she, yeah, well, that would also means that she's a chimney coming out of her bedroom. Yes. Which we said could be real. It could be real. Yes. I think, I don't know. But you can't hit the moon with a teacup and knock it out of the sky. That's impossible, Bobby. Okay, so here's, here's two things. Two possibilities that I see. Either she doesn't have a fireplace in her room. She does have a fire. And that is filling the room with smoke, as a firewood in a room without a okay. chimney. That's A. B, she does have a fireplace, and something is in the chimney mm -hmm. that's causing. It's obviously not the moon, mm -hmm. but there's something in there right. that's causing this problem. Okay. I think, based since we're using the pictures... Let me go back a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It does say in the book that she has a chimney in the room. Okay. And it, or and like a fireplace and a chimney, and we see a lot of pictures of it. Yeah. So I. She's would, got a chimney in there. Yeah, I would lean towards chimney real, moon fake. Yeah. You know what? Something else. My living room when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. There was a period of time where I slept there every night. Okay. And so it sort of became my room. Mm-hmm. And there was a fireplace in there with a chimney. Okay. Did anything ever block it up? No. Okay. So that's what we got to figure out. Yeah. So it can't be the moon. That's not possible. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But. It could be the sun. Just kidding. That's also nonsense. Yeah. I was testing you. The sun is a ball of gas. Yes. Many gases. Would you say a ball of gas or a ball of gases? Um, both. Both are true for the sun. Okay. If it's just a ball of one gas, then it's a ball of gas. Mm -hmm. But it's also a ball of gas no matter how many gases there are. Yeah, that's true. I guess that makes sense. I'm with you. Cool. So what could this <laughs> what could this not ball of gas clogging up the chimney be? Um, I don't know, keep going. So it's big, like it is 
It's so only about the, like half the size of the house. The thing that's true. It's not small. But it's certainly not a real like the real moon. Um, she goes up and she gets it down. Yes. So it doesn't necessarily have to be heavy just because it's big. Right. You know, like right. imagine it could be a gigantic bouncy ball. It could be. You know. Um, that's kind of nonsense right there. Kind of nonsense. I mean, le- less nonsense than the moon for sure. Right. Not but- likely. It has a face. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a very sad face. It too. looks very much like the moon, but a lot smaller. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we talked about the, the Halloween thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could very well have a person here uh, in a moon costume. Yes, that's a possibility. What would that? How would that costume work? What would be the logistics of that costume? That's so... you know, because it's it's big. Yeah, it's pretty big. Now I've seen big costumes, and you know, I guess we could. You could have a costume that's big enough to clog a chimney. Certainly, for sure. I would argue but, that most costumes are big enough to clog a chimney. I guess that's fair. So if it's a costume, why? Or there's no legs on it. You know, like most costumes right. like this would be like you'd see people legs coming out the bottom. Right. But there are not any people legs with this costume. Yeah, so. can we go to further pages and look at it? Yeah, for sure. Here's one where it's uh, hanging out on the ground. For Yep. It's in a boat. It's in a boat later, listeners. Got a hat on. You know what this just seems so much to me like? What? It's a balloon. A balloon? Okay. Say more about the balloon. Um why does it seem like a balloon? It's floating. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so we'll, let's talk a little bit about what happens in the story here. Yeah, so... Because I feel like it's very confusing if you're listening right now. Yeah, that's true. So after <clears throat> the moon, air quotes, lands on her... Chimney. Chimney and blocks all of the smoke, Hank gets a ladder and helps the moon down, and they talk a little bit about, you know, what's it like being the moon? Is it cold up there? Mm-hmm. Um... <clears throat> And the moon says, yeah, so Hank brings him to a hat shop that's owned by apparently a bear, apparently a bear, and gets him a hat. And then she asks the moon what it would want to do, like what it wants to do. Does it like being the moon? And it says, yeah, I like being the moon, but I'd like to not be the moon sometimes because I want to row, I want to float on a boat. So they go to a fisherman who is a walrus. Who lends them a boat to float on the lake. They go across the lake. And then they decide that they need to get the moon home. So she gets some owls to yeah, help yeah. bring the moon back home. So, all right. The, the thing is, it can't just be a normal balloon. It can't just be a balloon. Because right, she talks to it and it talks back so much. Yes. So it could be a person in a costume. The problem is a person in a costume has legs, has to walk around and stuff. Mm-hmm. can't be floating. Now, what we could be dealing with is one of those balls that you walk around, like one of those giant hamster balls that you walk around in. Mm -hmm. It's just like opaque. And then we're only seeing it once the, 
Or maybe the face is like gyroscopic, sort of. Like yeah, it stays. You could do that. And then the moon is rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So there's a there's a person in there. There's a person. There's a person in there. How did the person get on the chimney? I would assume it was like climbing in a tree, pretending to be the moon, and it fell off, mm-hmm. landed on the chimney. Oh, wait a second. Is this person trying <laughs> trying to make people think they're the moon? Like for real? For real. Well, what else are you doing in a tree on Halloween dresses the moon? Like role playing? I guess role play. <laughs> I guess so. I want to play a game where I'm the moon. <laughs> and it's just me playing the game and I'm sad in the game. Is what's going on here. Oh, that'd be fun. <clears throat> so either I mean this person either just really identifies with the moon and just really wants, you know, to to play the part of the moon. Yeah. Or this person doesn't feel that way and wants to trick this little girl into thinking they're the moon. Well, if it's not going to trick them, it's going to treat them. Yeah. Because it's Halloween, Bobby. All right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I think you're right. And I that- guess. I mean, I do have to stay in the room and finish the podcast, <laughs> I guess. So, yes, and... um. I think that <laughs> yes, and could be another one of your podcasts. <laughs> um, I think you're right that this is a person who's trying to trick Hank into thinking that they are the moon. Yeah, for some reason. For some reason, why? Why? Well, okay, we see a few things that this moon person wants. Mm-hmm. The moon person wants to go on a boat. Mm-hmm. To get a hat, I guess. That one, you know, you could go either way. Whether mm-hmm. or not the moon person specifically wanted a hat or that's just how... How the conversation went. How the conversation went. The moon person wants to go on a boat and says great things about being on a boat mm-hmm. when they're on it. And the moon person wants to hear music played by Hank. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, the second one seems like, like I can see, I'm going to dress up at the moon, dress up at the moon, dress up as the moon, go to Hank, pretend to be the moon in order to to trick her into playing music for me. Okay, I see the plan. Yeah. I think that makes sense. So who would it be? Well. It could be your parents. That'd be the first two people you think of. Those are the most likely suspects or the parents. (laughs) But it's tough. So, we I mean, we have at the beginning, <clears throat> she helps her parents get into their Halloween costumes and mm-hmm. then they leave. Yeah. Uh, you know, probably to go out and do Halloween. Are they going to get out of their penguin costumes, change into a moon costume? No. So. And also, so. she'd recognize her parents' voices. Yeah. Oh, great point. This is somebody who... She is at least not close enough to to immediately recognize their voice. Okay. So not not even a close friend. Not even a close friend. Hmm. Maybe it's a talent scout from a record company. That's probably it. 
probably a talent scout from a record company. Oh, okay. Go back to the beginning. Go back to the very beginning of the story and read the conversation between her parents and her about playing music. Mm-hmm. Um, when Harriet Henry came down for dinner, her parents said, Someday, you will play your cello in a big orchestra. Won't that make you happy? Yeah. So they no. they literally mean a this specific orchestra. Yeah. This is happening. They they have the talent scout showing up. <laughs> oh, they they <laughs> Yeah. On Halloween. And the talent scout <laughs> The talent scout is dressed as the moon as their Halloween costume. Just yep. happens to be that way. They come to the house and then right when they're about to go in there, the parents come out in their penguin costume and say, all right, look, change of plans. <laughs> Hank is not into this whole music thing right now. So she's going to go upstairs and play the music. You're just going to have to, like, listen somehow. And Talent Scout's like, well, I'm dressed as the moon. I'm just going <laughs> to go in this tree. I'm just going to go in this tree. <laughs> Falls out of the tree. Yeah. Gets hit with the teacup. <laughs> Falls into the chimney and then just has to like keep up the act and make it work. Yeah, and then she sees him and he kind of just has to go along with everything that's happening. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, that must be it. And all of the shop owners are in costumes because it's Halloween. Yeah, because I mean, and he gets he gets paid by commission, so he has to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. He he needs to scout somebody. That's definitely how that works yeah uh, <laughs> that's definitely what orchestras do yes um <laughs> that so that covers almost everything yeah except when we get to the end and he says i need to go home so she apologizes to the owl who gets all the other owls all right quote <laughs> unquote <Yeah. laughs> and uh brings them into space all right. Or at least, well, it might not say space exactly. It Let's definitely see. doesn't say space. Let's see what it says. Um, okay. The owl collected every owl, and Hank collected her cello. And together they collected Mr. Moon and brought him back home. So, not to space, home. Um, and then, thank you, owl, said Hank. And then when everything was quiet and still, Hank, standing on top of the moon, plays her cello. Okay. Here's what happens. Okay. <laughs> Tell me. Okay. Talent Scout's like, oh, I should probably get back to the sky where I, where I live. <laughs> but you should play music for me when we get back to the sky. And then Hank's like, yeah. And Talent Scout's like, awesome. We're going to get in my car. And then Hank's like... I actually, um, I got in a fight with an owl earlier, and I'm sure the owl could get all the other owls, and we could go back to this guy. And Talon Scout's like, "All right, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's great. Let's let's do that." And just like begrudgingly follows this little yep. girl back to the tree, and then the owl's obviously gone because why the owls still be? I mean, you know, the owl's like out hunting or something. Yep. Um, so the town scout calls calls it like <laughs> like like it's like furiously texting all the way over this tree like you need to get, you need to like get down here 
And what, like, is he texting owls? No, just like okay. some some, <laughs> some like other person at the at the company is standing behind the tree, like <laughs> trying not to be seen, going whoo <laughs> whoo to get owls there. Yeah, or no, to like pret- pretending to be an owl. Okay, okay, got it. Um, and goes like whoo, get your cello. <laughs> then she goes inside and gets the cello, and then the two of them are like, all right, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna do this? Um, and I don't know. They gotta get like owl puppets, something. They like rig up a thing to make it look like this is happening. Yeah. Um. The oh the the other one is like an avid Beanie Baby collector. Yeah. And the owls are their favorite. Yes. Yeah, so, so they have there's all there's a be- large collection of owl and Beanie that's Babies why the in their town trunk. scout was texting them exactly. Yeah. Like, Get your Beanie Babies yeah, down need, here right now. Need I need you them and the Bean Babes. Yep. And so they and they make it happen. Um. And you know it's dark. Lots of smoke and mirrors and stuff. And you know. Yeah. Make I mean, sure who knows where the sky even is at that hour? Yeah. You're making. Sure- <laughs> Making sure her eyes are like covered up and stuff, and maybe they even just go right back up in the tree. Yeah, it could very easily could just be up in the tree. Yeah, and then she'd be like, "The moon's just in a tree," and the moon's like, "Yeah, <laughs> this is where I am all the time." Yeah, well, I mean, through part of the evening, it's behind the tree, exactly. So it could easily be like, "Yeah, this is my home for now." Yeah, and yep. uh, then she plays music for him. <laughs> you thought it. I could fall in your chimney and be this size. What's so weird about this to you? You stupid girl. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, she plays music for him. The end. We did it. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so what's the, the real moral of this story? Good question. Um... Wait, before we do that, so are we to believe that the whole thing where she takes him on the boat, like, he asks, like, he says, man, I really wish I could go on a boat. She takes him on the boat. That's just him, like, he's just, like, he's leaning into the character so hard. Yeah, yeah. He he's got like, into, what would the well, he takes, he takes improv classes on the weekend. Right. So he saw this as a chance to, to practice to, yeah, his improv. To, to, like, show that he really has what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the moral of the story is, um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, you know, everybody, anybody can follow a plan. The real go-getters in life are those who can follow without a plan. Yeah. 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 Gotta risk it for the biscuit. Gotta right, risk Bobby? it for the biscuit. What do you got? Well, you that got was something? it. The biscuit one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is yours anyway. Yeah, whatever. Um, sometimes. Sometimes it's a good thing that your friend has too many beanie babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> there's value in beanie babies. Um <laughs> what's well done, a, what's a moral for Harriet? Um that hmm 
Because, like, what does she learn? She learns that she can play for people. Even if she's still not comfortable with it. Yeah. If you could play for the moon, you could play for anyone. Right. If you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. Yeah. What? It's from Dodgeball. You don't know Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) All right. Well done, Bobby. Well done, Chris. Thanks for listening to this episode of No Nonsense Storytime. I am Chris Panagher. And I'm Robert Hoffman. Join us next time for our second Halloween adventure this year called What Was I Scared Of? by Dr. Seuss. Yeah. It's a book about pants. Mm Mm-hmm. Unusual pants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. See you then. Um, In the meantime, if you want to, you know, ask us questions or suggest what our next podcast should be or (laughs) (laughs) uh, suggest books or, you know, just chill, um, you can email us at nonsensestorytime at gmail.com. Message us on our Facebook page, which has something like 12 likes. It's like 50. 50. But we're definitely slacking. We're slack. Yeah, we don't. We're not doing a great job of promoting the Facebook. So if you could just get on there and like that for us, it'd be great. Be tight. Um, and uh, you can listen to us on, you know, cast form and switch. Uh, Castbox we used to use, but we don't use it anymore. Actually, Pod Mom. Pod. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Tunes. <laughs> Apple Tunes. Pod Mom. Pod. And all and your other ca- podcatchers and whatever. Catch phrase. <gasps> Mother- we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Mother's arms. <laughs> <laughs>